The following information is intended for educational purposes only. It is not medical advice. The views expressed do not reflect those of this broadcaster. Should you choose to implement this information, please do so only with the assistance of a licensed medical professional. Neither the presenter nor this broadcaster assume any responsibility for any adverse effects or consequences that may result. Type 2 diabetes used to be known as adult onset diabetes. Type 1 diabetes used to be called juvenile diabetes. Both of these definitions have changed. And now there's even type 3 diabetes and three of the same causes for each type. So what's going on? And can anything be done other than taking medicine for the rest of your life? Yes, there are answers for all three types of diabetes, according to Dr. Aaron Ernst, and he's about to give you a health awakening. And welcome to The Health Awakening. I'm your host, Scott Laird. Forget everything you think you know about diabetes, whether you have it or not, because your world is about to be turned upside down. You're going to learn that diabetes is not what you think it is, and that all three forms of diabetes, yes, three, can be reversed. You heard right, it can be reversed. Now let's get into it with holistic practitioner and host of the Ask Dr. Ernst show, Dr. Aaron Ernst. Welcome to The Health Awakening. Ah, thanks for having me. Now, before the cameras came on, we were talking about how there are two different uh, definitions, I guess, of diabetes, type mm -hmm. one, two, and three, and that is a medical version and then a functional medicine type of version. So mm -hmm. how does that break down? Uh, well, I guess it breaks down as, are you looking for what's going on or are you looking for what's causing it? So medically, they'll say you're a type one diabetic, you're a type two diabetic, or you're a type three diabetic as a diagnostic code or a way of labeling your condition. But the challenge with that definition is it doesn't explain why you are type one diabetic two or three. Uh, in the functional medicine world, we would say, well, you're not actually type one, two or three, you are this cause and that's why you've been labeled that way. So we have type one cause, toxic induced, type two cause, a microbiome or a gut dysfunction induced, and type three, which would be a neurological induction, so a neurological cause. So we look at it and say, there's three different forms of the creation of diabetes. Medicine says there's three types of diabetes. And so it gets a little complicated, but in essence, are you looking for cause or are you looking for just a description? Hmm. Now type three, we're gonna get into in the third segment of today's show. We're going to do segment one of the show will be type one. We're Correct. gonna get into it here. Type two we'll do uh, in the second segment. But type three, uh, there was something on your recent podcast that you said was very interesting uh, and you did it visually with your fingers. You said if you have type two and then uh, you let it get out of control so it becomes a type one, now you're left with Type, type three. three, that's amazing. Yeah. Wow, okay, so now, uh, first of all, the, the definitions of childhood diabetes type one, that can no longer be called that because you've mentioned before that more adults have type one now than kids. And more kids have type two, more so than what they used to. So we used to say, oh, type two was adult onset, meaning that you were older in your age and all of a sudden you now have high blood sugars. Uh, but we have sometimes seven, eight, nine-year-olds that have type two diabetes. Uh, as you mentioned, now we're having type one showing up in adults that have not had diabetes at all. So we used to think type one was genetic and there was nothing you could do about it. And that type two was you burned out all your insulin receptors, you ate too much sugar and therefore you caused your own condition. And we know that's not necessarily the case anymore. Hmm. Now you were mentioning to me also before the cameras came on that type one can be caused by a viral infection, is that right? Yeah, so if you actually look into the research of it, um, 
It's hard to explain a genetic disease that shows up seven, eight, nine years into your life because a true genetic disease is a defect of the DNA, meaning you would have the disease since the moment you were born or even in utero. Uh, Down syndrome, for example, you can't undo that genetic cause. But type one diabetes, the functional theory that says why it's not genetic is that it's an actual viral or some sort of food-based sensitivity attack to the pancreas itself. You get exposed to Epstein-Barr virus, cytomegalovirus, or a, a hepatitis or a herpes-style virus, and it goes into the pancreas and destroys the pancreatic cells, so they can't produce insulin, so now you become insulin-dependent. Or you had a sensitivity to a casein protein from dairy or some sort of other food allergy, and it attacked the uh, pancreas, and so now you've lost the cells and they can't produce insulin. So how would someone know? Like you said, this can come on later in life. It's not a genetic thing, so it appears when you're nine, 10, 11 years old, or even as an adult, how would someone know, well, what's the trigger that says to someone, hey, you've got maybe got type one diabetes? Uh, well, the first call is gonna be your sugars are gonna drop pretty heavily throughout the day. Uh, and then when you eat something, they skyrocket through the roof where they go north of 150, 120, or 190, something like that. Um, a type one diabetic often has to inject insulin to bring their sugars down. Mm-hmm. So the classic sort of way of knowing, do I have type one diabetes is, am I injecting insulin? But caveat, Uh, Type 2 diabetics don't usually have to inject insulin, but if it becomes uncontrolled, all of a sudden they start getting prescribed insulin like they're type 1. Mm -hmm. So that's where we said, well, a type 2 who's now injecting insulin, that's type 1 typically, so you're on your way to type 3, and that's the third type we have to talk Mm -hmm. about. Now, I think it's becoming known nowadays that, uh, you know, type 2 diabetes, yes, it's what we've said for a couple of decades now, you can reverse it. Even modern medicine is saying, yes, you can reverse it, that's good. But now people are still saying, nope, type 1, you've got it, you're stuck with it. Is that true? Well, no, it's not. And it's again because if you believe it's a genetic sourced disease, you can't change your genes, so you're stuck. And you got to inject this insulin and monitor yourself and have pumps and all these kind of things. But again, functionally, uh, what if it's a toxic induced type 1 diabetes and you remove the toxicity virus or uh, heavy metal? Well, then the pancreas could potentially come back to life and start functioning again. What if it's a microbiome induction and you clean out the gut and all of a sudden you no longer need 80 units of insulin, you're down to 10. What if it's a neurological cause? The vagus nerve is very important in making the pancreas work. So maybe it's not actually what you thought. Maybe it's caused by one of the three functional types and you can be tested for all of those. Hmm. So you, you can start reversing those things. And so with uh, start with cleanses and things of that nature? Yeah, and let's be careful. Um, I don't reverse it. I'm not treating it. We teach our clients or patients to say, well, here's what you have going on. Here's what you need to do to fix that. And if you remove cause, it doesn't matter what disease you have, your body can heal by itself. So in essence, the patient, the client, the person reverses their own diabetes. That's the way our bodies are built, aren't they? Yes, to, 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 reverse to heal themselves. themselves. But they can't do it if it's interfered with. Excellent. Okay, well, we're talking with Dr. Aaron Ernst about the three types of diabetes and how to reverse each one of them. We'll be right back with more from The Health Awakening. Stay tuned. Welcome back to The Health Awakening. Before the break, we were talking with our guest, Dr. Aaron Ernst, about type 1 diabetes, and I think we pretty much wrapped that up. So now we have type 2 diabetes. Yes. What, what is it exactly? Well, uh, it's, it is the condition that most people think of when you hear the word diabetes. Um, technically, by definition, type 2 diabetes is someone whose blood sugar is elevated, their A1C marker is elevated, 
and their doctors are telling them you need to either diet, exercise, or take a medication to bring your sugars down. Mm. The reason for the elevation in a type two diabetic is the insulin receptor, it's the protein on the cell that lets insulin land onto it, is either defective, broken, or has been destroyed such that they now become resistant to insulin. Now, how does that uh, come into with leptin? Maybe people have heard this term before, yeah. uh, leptin resistance. This is really what it is. So, um, well, let's just talk about resistance from any hormone. You can be testosterone resistance, insulin resistant, leptin resistant, thyroid hormone resistance. Resistance simply means the receptor does not receive the hormone and you don't get the signaling that's supposed to happen from it. Leptin is a hormone that tells your body to burn fat so when people say, I'm having a hard time losing weight, I'm weight loss resistant, I, I do all the right diets and exercises and I'm gaining weight, that's leptin resistance. Mm. Leptin is a hormone secreted by fat cells to tell the brain, we have a lot of fat and you gotta get rid of us. And the brain responds by increasing the leptin response so that the cells burn fat for energy instead of sugar. Now in a type two diabetic, here's what's weird. Their leptin is high, their insulin is high, and their sugars are high, and often triglycerides are high, everything's high. And the only reason is, is because the receptors are damaged. And here's the challenge. Medicine will not tell them why the receptors are damaged. So remember we said there's three functional types. The receptor could be damaged from a toxic induction. There's maybe a heavy metal inside of it, like a key jammed into a door and broken off. The door will never open because you can't put a key in. Uh, maybe it's an induction from a infection in the microbiome. There's a dysfunctional dysbiosis that's causing an inflammatory process and the inflammation has damaged the cells so the receptors die. Or it's neurological. The signaling takes place, but the brain doesn't know what to do and so it can't tell the cells burn fat, make energy, or do anything else. I wanna ask about your journey into that, but first you said something very interesting where you said the receptor dies. I'm sure lots of our viewers are saying, can that be reversed? Can that come back? Absolutely, the receptor is a protein and your cells make proteins all the time. So in the internal environment of the cell, we have DNA and RNA and nucleotides. So we build this protein molecule. Now here's the challenge. You gotta get the protein from the inside of the cell all the way up to the top of the cell through the membrane. So if the membrane is damaged, if it's inflamed or toxic and it's thick, then it can't push the receptor through so the insulin receptor never gets to the outside of the cell. Mm. So can you regenerate an insulin receptor? Yes. Can you regenerate the cell membrane? Yes. If that's the cause of your diabetes, you fix that and your sugars will go back to normal, your A1C returns to normal because now the system works. Now as you mentioned, uh, you don't do that as a physician, someone else has to do that for themselves. Yeah. So how does someone go about uh, letting that receptor through? Well, you know, the first part is finding out what type of diabetes do you have? And again, not type one, two or three, is it a toxic induced resistance? If it is, the only way to get the receptor to work is remove the toxin. Mm. Now we're talking 80,000 known toxins, heavy metals, pesticides, herbicides, fungicides, you gotta get tested. Uh, secondly, if it's a microbiome problem, then you actually you don't worry about the cells, you go to the gut, you clean the gut out and the cells will naturally reboot. If it's neurological, the hardest one of all of them is you have to find where's the nerve that's irritated but in 90% of the cases of patients I work with, it's the vagus nerve, it exits behind the skull. So if the vagus nerve is compressed, you could do the right dieting, you could take the right supplements, but your sugars won't respond because you're choking off the life communication between the brain and the organs themselves. Mm, that is so interesting because people don't think that their weight loss problem and their diabetic problem is chiropractic. Exactly. Now you had your own journey into type two diabetes. Can you tell us what was the cause yeah. of yours? So here's the thing. Um, 
everyone in my family has type 2 diabetes. And so, you know, I was told, oh, it's genetic, you're gonna get it, and it's not. Type 2 is not genetic. Um, what I discovered is, as investigating this cause, is again, you have a toxic type, a microbiotype, and a neurological. Uh, I'm a chiropractor, also a functional medicine doctor, so my, my nerves are clear, so I know I'm not the neurological type. But my microbiome was leaking, and I had toxicities from mercury and lead. And when I ran the tests, and I took them to my primary care doctor, and I said, okay, here's all this going on, can you fix this for me? They went, uh, we don't have a medication for that, and we don't even know what to do with it. And we don't even know how to read these labs. So I had to investigate it myself, personally. I discovered through going to clinicians and conferences on how to pull heavy metals and how to rebuild the microbiome. So here I am, and I just did it myself, and then everything reset in 90 days. And I've taken thousands of people through that process. And yours was, uh, I believe you said ferrin. Yeah, so, the, the, so I had uh, mercury, I had lead, and I had ferritin, ferritin, which is a type of oxidized iron that the liver produces when your liver's toxic and congested. Ferritin, if you Google it, and you say ferritin and diabetes, you will see there's scholarly journals in the National Library of Medicine, even various published diabetic journals that say high ferritin, you have diabetes. And so you reduce the ferritin levels and your diabetes clears because it's the toxicogenic. Toxic did you figure out where that came from? Did you do a reverse uh, of your life and go, where did well, they get no, this no, from? No, 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 so here's the thing. Ferritin mm. is produced by the liver using your iron when you're sick and toxic, turning it into ferritin. So ferritin is iron that's been oxidized at excessive amounts due to liver toxicities. Wow, talk about internal rust. Basically, that's what it is. It's rusting of our blood and it gets the receptors get blocked by the rust and then the insulin can't land. Amazing. All right, well, we're talking about the three types of diabetes with our guest today, Dr. Aaron Ernst. Stay tuned, we'll be back with more from The Health Awakening. And welcome back to The Health Awakening. We're talking with our guest today, Dr. Aaron Ernst, about type one, two, and three diabetes. And we talked about your uh, journey through type two. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned something very interesting about yours was a heavy metal toxicity, so uh, mercury, lead, and ferritin. ferritin. Now we want to get into ferritin because how do people get tested for that? Uh, well, here's the thing. You're, you're primary doctor running annual physicals and even you walking in and asking for it is probably not gonna do it. Uh, the reason for that is uh, there are certain standards of, I'll call it, care that must be done. So if a medical doctor runs a test and a test comes back abnormal, they are somewhat legally bound to tell you what you can do to fix it. But if there's no medication to fix the problem, then they often won't run the test because how can I tell you what to do if there's nothing that we have available for you to do? Huh. So often if you say, hey, uh, dear medical doctor, please run ferritin, they'll say, no, 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 you don't want that. Or they'll say something like, it is not covered by your insurance and so you're gonna have to pay for it. And so I've even said, well, how much is it? And they'll say, well, we don't really know because we've never run it. Well, can you look it up? Uh, no, we'll see you next week. So like, you're gonna have to sometimes become your own doctor and investigate. The neat thing about today is uh, there's national labs across the entire United States and even in other countries where you can go and request your own labs. You just show up and say, hey, I would like ferritin to be run and they'll say it's $25 or $35. You know, each lab has a different price. Um, you know, my, my lab, LabCorp, can run ferritin for about $25. Now, can, they, can, can someone go into LabCorp uh, without having a uh, doctor's note or whatever you need, they can just go and request a test? That's the beauty of now today, yes. Mm. Um, there, you can walk right in. Now, you will have to schedule an appointment and you'll have to tell them that you're doing this as self-pay cash. You can't file insurance. There's no medical claim. There's no diagnosis. But if you know what you're looking for, you can come in and pay 
to get the test run, and then they'll say, where do you want the results sent? And you give them your email address. Now the challenge is you're becoming your own doctor now. And see, that's what I do. I teach people how to become their own doctor. So uh, let's just real quickly teach about ferritin. Ferritin is iron, naturally, that has been oxidized by your liver because of increased liver toxicity or stress. So as ferritin levels climb, it comes out of the liver, but it's rusted iron, so it goes around in the blood and it clogs your receptors. It clogs insulin, thyroid, testosterone, estrogen, progesterone. If it's a receptor, it clogs it. It also gets inside of your joints, and so it can create this kind of scratchy sensation. Mm. Ferritin can be high for people who wake up in the morning and go, my joints are stiff in the morning, but by about three hours later, I'm good to go. Could be ferritin. So the thing is, is if you get it tested, you need to know the reference ranges. Now the problem is gonna be LabCorp's gonna say it can be as high as three or 400, but that's the medical version. It's funny that they have a medical version for it, but they still don't test for it. Anyway, if you're a male, you want your ferritin levels to be less than 150. And if you're a female, you want them to be less than 100. But we don't want ferritin to go too low, because like everything else, too much of something's bad and too little of something's bad. So in the 70, 80, 90, 100 range for a woman, 80, 90, 110, 120, 130 for a male. So if someone do, does a chelation, which is, I'm assuming is the way to get, get rid of too much Correct. ferritin, how can they know that they're not gonna get rid of too much? So part of it is you have to retest yourself. So if you find a holistic physician or a wellness coach, a natural practicing doctor, um, hopefully they're gonna say, we're gonna put you through a chelation protocol and we're gonna retest you in 90 days. And you're just simply tracking the number. The challenge is gonna be, what if your ferritin's 500? What if it's 300? What if it's 1,000, which I've seen before? Uh, that's probably gonna require some professional assistance, but let's say it's uh, 190 and you're a male. Uh, find a holistic practitioner who can take you through a heavy metal chelation or a ferritin chelation and then retest it in 90 days. And if it comes down, you have become your own doctor. Now and some, you have healed yourself. Some folks will say, okay, I've heard of this chelation. I don't know what it involves. Is it, is it dropped? Is it, what is it? Uh, well, really chelation can be a bunch of different methods of pulling something out of your body. Um, as you talked about with me before, chelation is kind of like claw-like sounding, like chelate, go grab. Um, technically, it's an agent that's inert that goes into the body and looks for something, grabs it, never lets go, and is either defecated or urinated out. Now, you have fat-soluble toxins, water-soluble toxins. Water comes out through the kidney, so we would use a water-soluble chelator. Fat comes out through the stools and bile, so we need a fat-soluble chelator. And there's various types of chelators, zeolites, DMSA, EDTA, it's a bunch. So it's kind of important to know uh, what you're going after, what chelator you're going to use. Can you become your own doctor and be educated about this stuff? Yes, but that's why it's good to find a holistic practitioner who already knows how to do it. They point you in a direction, do it for 90 days, retest. And often, if you get your ferritin levels down, you'll see, whoa, my sugars are doing better. I feel like I'm losing weight. My, um, my testosterone is improving. And it's not because you took a drug, it's because your body is now being cleaned naturally. Mm. Amazing. Well, we haven't got into uh, type three that we promised we would on this segment, but let's let's hold on to that. Yeah. Uh, we'll save it for our final segment here. So we're talking with Dr. Aaron Ernst about the three types of diabetes. We'll be right back with more from the Health Awakening. And welcome back to The Health Awakening. We're talking with our guest today, Dr. Aaron Ernst, about the three types of diabetes, type two, type one. Now three. three. Let's yes. go into three. Where does three come from? 
So three technically is an extension of type two diabetes, but now into the brain and the cells of the brain. You know, we think type two diabetes, we talk about your body cells, but when your brain becomes insulin resistant, now we have a huge problem because the brain requires sugar for energy and for its production for everything else. So it's gonna be the same causes as type two diabetes though. We still have a toxic style of type three. We have a microbiome style of type three and we have a neurological style. So. Most people think when we say type three is now the new Alzheimer's, they go, wait, 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 what about aluminum being the cause of Alzheimer's? Well, see, it is because it's the toxicogenic. It's the aluminum that blocks the receptors for insulin in the brain. What about the fact people are connecting a microbiome disruption, a leaky gut to brain issues, the gut-brain connection? Well, see, that's the microbiome cause. And then what about the neurological connections? Well, the vagus nerve is a cranial nerve. It's an extension of the brain. So type three can mm. still be toxic aluminum, microbiome, dysbiosis, and or leaky gut, or vagal nerve compression. Huh. Interesting, so someone talked about the enteric nerve system, the, the superhighway between the, the brain and the gut. That's involved. Yeah, so we have to think of it as type three diabetes is the new term for cognitive decline, dementia, Alzheimer's, um, et cetera. So it just means your brain is not receiving the fuel sources it needs to stay alive and stay functional because your receptors are blocked, insulin resistance of the brain. Now mm -hmm. the neat thing is the brain can also use another type of energy called ketones and ketones come from burning fat. But the problem is most type three diabetics have high leptin, they can't burn fat because they're also leptin resistant. So it's this trap. Medicine's trying to find these cures for Alzheimer's and the cures for dementia by a medication when really it's find the cause of your diabetes of your mind. Amazing, well, thank you, Dr. Ernst, appreciate it. Thank you for yes, being here today. Thank you. Uh, thank you for joining us today. Our guest has been Dr. Aaron Ernst. You can watch his radio show and find out more about what he can offer you at his website, askdrernst.com, including references uh, to uh, practitioners near you. And we'll see you next time for another Health Awakening. Thank you for joining us today on The Health Awakening. You can catch the replay of this episode and see our complete show schedule at healthawakening.tv. For more information about our guests today and all they have to offer, please visit their website on the bottom of your screen. And please remember the information you saw today is for educational purposes only. It is not medical advice, nor do the views expressed reflect those of this broadcaster. Should you choose to implement this information, please do so only with the assistance of a licensed medical professional. Neither the presenter nor this broadcaster assume any responsibility for any adverse effects or consequences that may result. Thank you.